Nation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 240. 240. 240. You think about that? That's pretty cool, right? I think it's awesome, Dan. Oh Jesus! Oh, oh my God! <laughs> Dude, that is obnoxious. Oh, ah, ah, All right. Well, Nick's here. <laughs> Why, hello. Oh my God! It's a. I feel like that's a John Wayne. Kind of rip off is what that is. What I'd that be is? proud to be John Wayne Dan. Would you really? <laughs> or kind of Johnny Cash. Yeah. Well, yeah, now that's a, a hell of a man, too. Slightly gayer, but oh. right in there. <laughs> I like it. It's in there. So what's going on? The gang's all here. We're here. And, uh, you know, it's time to do a show. You guys ready to do a show? I'm yes, ready to I do am. show 240. Oh, I'm going to reach to the internet and strangle Nick if he keeps his voice up. I'm going to strangle you, Nick, through the internet. All righty. <laughs> nah. uh, he hasn't even been drinking. <laughs> that we know anyway. That we know. That he'll admit, admit to. I don't know. I bet he has been drinking because he's been dealing with that uh, motorhome issue. That's probably... It's oh, that some drinking. Sucks, caused, man. Caused a little bit of drinking, I'm thinking. It, it's, a little. it's uh it's actually it's it's had its pluses. Wow. Go on. That? The glass is half full, huh? Well, I I would like to hear the silver lining. Okay. So, the silver lining between my motorhome being a big huge pain in the ass is that my shop is so accessorized right now. <laughs> That when I do get this done, it's going to be like heaven being in there. Because as I found out, so a little update, we're having some major wall bump out issues. And I have need to, I had to take, uh, basically de-skin an interior wall to get at some of the structural bits. And kind of play Humpty Dumpty and put them back together. There were some broken tack welds. Well, it's not super bright in there. Inside the motorhome, and uh, I kind of got everything assessed and came up with a plan for the outside, and I was pretty happy with myself because it, it's where it's broken is next to this window. So I, I put up a, a board, I cut a board on the inside to kind of brace up against the one good tacked stud left, went around to the outside, and I let it sag open, the crack sag open a little bit, Got in there, sanded it out, cleaned it out, got my uh, my patch material and everything that I put inside there, and and took the gutter little gutter guard off deal and got everything like totally cleaned out, 
recalked, and then basically used a huge C-clamp through the opening in the window and clamped it all back together. And it's like awesome. The outside is absolutely awesome. Uh, it turned out like super nice. I got all no screws in the outside. It's clean. It's it's strong. And so then I'm like, sweet. All I got to do is throw some tacks in the inside. I can take this uh, clamp off and then I'll get in there and, and weld up all the places that were broken. And so I get out this big long board and everything as I'm pushing my MIG welder up this sketchy ass little ramp setup that I got to get it up because we have to bring the welder inside the motorhome, which is always fun. I think I saw the photo on That's Facebook awesome. of that. I yeah, did, it was yeah. really yes. sketch. Like Welding super my motor sketch. Home. So, so I, I get it in there and I'm like, yeah. And I go out and I grab my welding gloves and uh, come back in. I've got my, you know, bottle of alcohol and I'm, I'm just about ready to to get like uh, my little welding blanket and start soaking some towels and everything uh, to lay everywhere. And I just, out of the corner of my eye, I was like, you know, when I was putting those screws in from the outside around the frame for the bump out, you know, they went in fairly quick. Huh. <laughs> No, it just hit me. I was like, oh, my God. These are aluminum. They're not mm. steel like I thought. And, you know, when you buy square stock, depending on how and where you get it, some, uh, I mean, some of it is really clean and really shiny. And I just kind of assumed that, hey, when I take the wall off, it's all going to be clean and shiny in there. And. Wow, I made a big mistake. So here I am with my MIG getting ready to weld what I thought was the steel studs in the wall. And they were aluminum. So fast Aye. forward to today. It's kind of panic time. Um, got a hold of a guy that kind of runs a mobile welding deal. And he said he's got a spool gun, an aluminum spool gun. I was like, perfect. That'll work. Doesn't have to be pretty. Um and he goes, well, do you have that set up as kind of a hassle on my truck? Do you have a, a welding outlet in there? 240. It's like, well, no, because my MIG's just off 110. And, you know, the RV outlets are different. Those are all 110. So I thought, no, but I can put one in. I'll have one in hour after I get home. So I came home today, stopped off at Lowe's again, and uh, wired up a nice brand new 50 amp. We've got 240 volt 50 amp. This shop is so pimped out now. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like a uh, guy's going to come over on Saturday. Nice. And hopefully nice. I will be able to get this. To get Done this and little, dusted. Yes. You guys are scaring me away from motorhomes, dude. That's good. Because they're That's all good. piles of crap. Yeah, you got to go spend like 500000 to get anything worth a shit. Yeah, they're bad, man. <laughs> oh, my God. At least a quarter. I mean, you need to get into a, a tour bus chassis. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. So, so be prepared for the work. Yep, that's been my project. Or just buy a new one every year. Yes. <laughs> mm. No, that's true, too. 
I mean, that before they wear out, because it's like good, so good, you're good, saying and I should release. Fails. Yes, there you go. Yeah, that, yeah, that would work. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Uh, Heli projects. Uh, my 500 part showed up. I haven't touched it yet, but that'll be either tonight and tomorrow. I'll be working on that. Get it all put back together and. I do have some other blades. I think, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm actually going to... I asked very nicely, and I think they're going to make me another set of those blades. Ooh. Yeah. To get very it nice. uh, back to where it was. As far as upgrade-wise, I, I made myself a nice little set of speed gear. Used some... Uh, well, they call it music wire. I never used that stuff before. Or piano wire. That's it's what you, fun to work with, isn't it? That's what you strangle people with. Dude. No, not like that. <laughs> it's different. This is like, yeah, I, know what you're I don't about. even remember what size I used. Yeah. Dude, that stuff seconds. is strong. Like crazy strong. And it's fun because you just use the little micro torch. And you put it in the vise and you just heat it and then whoop, bend up your gear. So that turned out cool because it's 20. Grams lighter than the stock 500 sport gear. Did you reharden it, Nick, after you bent it? Absolutely. Heated yes. all my spots back up again and then quick quench in the cold water. Did it twice. So no worries there. So that's on the horizon. And then I got out flying. Uh, I sent out on a quest. You know, I hadn't, after our last episode, I was feeling slightly defeated. About the nitro, but then um, after working on Saturday, which by the way sucks, it's the most miserable thing in the whole entire world. I hate working on Saturdays. <laughs> I don't have to do it every third, but still, I know first world problems. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I decided to get out flying on Sunday, and it was beautiful, and it was hot, and I put two gallons through the nitro. Oh, yes. Yes. Nice. So here's the scoop. Uh, Remember I had talked about I got a little bit of some help from someone? I owe a Mr. Leon Luke a big thank you. So it worked, huh? It did. So here's the deal. And, And for those of you who don't know, we've probably got some new listeners who are like, Leon Luke, who is that? He's an OG. This guy is, uh, Leon flew for a line for many years, way back in the day, like when I got into the hobby, and he is hardcore nitro. He's always been nitro. <laughs> um, flown yep. OS, NYS, but stayed once uh, in an, almost all of his 90 size machines. Um, he's been flying YS for a long time. Flies cool power. He's really sharp. Super cool guy. He lives up across the border. He's a Canadian, eh? And uh, so we catch up with them at Snohomish. He's on the A-Main team. And, you know, he's not a, not a younger guy in the hobby or anything, but he's just, he's a great pilot, and he's really smart. Like, he's he's fun to talk to for me because he he comes up with, like, the coolest little tricks and, like, tools and ways to measure and, and do stuff. It's just crazy. So I was like, all right, man, here's where I'm at. I'm just not quite getting this. And I knew that he flew uh, the Trek 91. 
And he goes, okay, here's the deal. So I've got, uh, I'm flying cool power 30% and the Hattori 120 pipe. I'm like, uh, yes, perfect. Give mm-hmm. it to me. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Enya 5. That's, that's a new no. one. An Enya 5. The man runs an Enya 5 at like between two to two and a quarter turns on the mid and between two and one and three quarters turns on the high. That's past the starting point for the older motors. With a colder plug. Hmm. I was just like, mind blown. (laughs) And I'm thinking, uh, okay. I mean, I really didn't know what to say. Because it's like you find out, you know, Trek runs a three. I was running a four. Now he tells me a five. You know, and I had kind of noticed when I started looking into glow plugs and stuff that there was a lot of mention, even in the OS charts, and I think I saw a YS chart, where it's like they're all pointing towards, you know, for 30% nitro, higher, higher, higher nitro content, and in helicopter applications, a colder plug. But it's, you know, I remember going back to like the OS 50 and the OS 55 days, man, going from an OS 8 to an Enya 3, which is like a half step warmer. It was like, oh, it's freaking awesome. We're great. You know, so I kind of stewed on it for a couple days and. And it was like, uh, I felt like I seriously felt like. I was going to do this guy a disservice in all of his time in the hobby if I didn't at least try it because I was not having success. And sometimes we get so caught up in what we think that we know, you know, who am I to say? I I knew my old motors, but not this. Maybe it's the pipe that makes a difference. I don't know. So I tried it. I ordered a new ring and I ordered two Enya 5s. Got the new ring in there and it was a Bizatch to start. Oh, I did not want to start, which I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, finally got it running, broke in the motor, gave it a good solid gallon. And by the way, in flight, I had no problems at, I was at two and a quarter and two. So two and a quarter on the mid, two on the high, and right around flush, maybe slightly leaner on the idle. And uh, it, it fussed. It was really hard to get started, but it actually it ran really, really well in the air. S- slowly start, just let it work in. Finally got that whole entire gallon through it, and then it was like, all right, baby, hammer time. Let's do it. And still having a hard time getting it started, but once I got it started, it was fine. Is it just the first start you're having issues with? Uh, uh No. No, every time I was having hard and I thought, and I kept saying to myself, you know what? You haven't really tuned your idle. Don't worry about it yet. Right. Don't worry about it yet. And in the meantime, I sent him a message like, okay, what's your idle needle tuning process? Because I've never really had to tune them. You know, just a little tweak here or there. Um, but the power was just there. Oh my goodness. And the, the tune was solid. Like, it did what it was supposed to do, in my mind. Like, you know, I could actually tune it and feel and tell a difference. And I'm way out there in settings. But I still came, 
you know, so it's like it's flying great. It's got great power. I'm having no issues with the transitions or anything like that. It's just this stinking getting it started. Well, hmm. it comes to find out I solved that problem, which also related back to some previous issues. For those of you who don't know, Enya's happened to draw a slowed more current when putting a glow driver on them or, or voltage to them to heat them up than OS plugs do. What way was happening? More, like epically way more. Epically, yes. No, I, and, and we don't have, we're, Justin and I actually want to try this. I mean, we're actually going to do the, um, I want to do the, the current draw because I'm, I'm really curious. So what was happening is that my perfect regulators deal would, would fire up an OS 8, no problem at all. But put that Enya on there, mm-mm. Voltage drop was so big, it didn't want to start. So I unplugged, and I just, for some odd reason, I was like, you know, God, man, I don't, I think I actually just got tired of pushing the button one time. Because, you know, you push it, stays on for 10 seconds. I was like, screw this. So I just went and got a good old-fashioned glow driver, clipped it on there, whoom, fired right up. Hmm. I was like, what? Well, that was, I mean, because here I'm thinking that it's like, it's loading up. That's it. It's loading up. That's why it doesn't want to start. So I'm messing around, leaning out the idle. I was actually going the wrong way. I needed to richen up the idle a little bit more. Once I started to richen up the idle, it was starting consistently and the transition on the spool up, you know, I used the, the V-bar governor. So you can just put it, I actually settled on two for the, what's it, Jesse, what's the parameter called? Um, for? The, the spool up rate. Hmm. I can't think of it off the top of I think mind. it's, yeah, ramp up. Ramp up. That's ramp up. Ramp up in your gov setup menu. It's called ramp yep. up. I run two and it's just perfect. I mean, it's yep. perfect. Nice crisp spool up, but nothing crazy. And all my transition issues from idle to spooling up went away. And it was great. So have have you not used that perfect regulators onboard glow driver for Enya plugs in the past? You know, I have. Because I have the exact same thing and I've never had that problem. But well, I don't think you have the new one that I have. This no, is like the have, brand new one. Well, and I can confirm too, Jesse, on my NX7, I'm running the ProTech igniter. Mm-hmm. And on I, I have used OSs and Enya's. OSs, not a problem. Enya, I ended up having to put 4,700 microfarads of capacitance in the receiver <laughs> to, to keep the thing from dropping out. And yeah. it was so bad, dude, that my servos were jiggling. Mm. Wow. So now, Jesse, what I wonder, what are you running threes or fours? Yeah, I'm, I'm running threes. See, I wonder if there's a big so difference a, between yeah, threes so the, and fours and fives. As far as the current draw, when they're... You would think it would be opposite. You would think a three would have more because it's a hotter plug. But I don't know, man. Hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that was like, wow, uh, cool. So then I got about three flights 
all my jitters were gone. All my tuning problem was gone. It was just like honky time now. It was great. I was having so much fun. It felt like finally, after all these flights, gallons and gallons of 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 flying this damn thing, it finally felt like, oh, oh yeah, now I remember, yeah, I remember. Why I like this. <laughs> yeah, shooting autos, go out there, whoom, fires right up, whack myself in the leg with the starter, you know, mm-hmm. like old times. <laughs> good old days. Yeah, like the good old days. And all was well. So, right, you know, my kid and my wife were out there, and it's like, all right, let's 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 pack it up. I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and put one more in. I'm just going to do an easy flight, nothing too crazy. I'm going to throw the hat cam on just to finally show people, like, you know, because it sounded great. Like, it really, it sounded good, too, because it was pulling strong. I thought, I want to show people that I got this figured out. So I threw the hat cam on there. It was doing nothing crazy. But them damn tumbles, huh, Jesse? Oh, boy. Them boy, tumbles howdy. will get you. I don't... I was doing like this little... Uh, it's like a <laughs> rainbow, <laughs> but with a tumble in the middle. And I... I dude, I I rolled forward. I was inverted. And you, you give that negative pop and then start pushing the elevator. And I just never popped. I just kind of started <laughs> into the collective and pushed the elevator forward without the pop and just drove it in. <laughs> and, dude, when you watch the video, it looked so natural. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm putting myself in your shoes, and I've got a picture in your mind's eye that the ground didn't exist there. No. It was just more air. <laughs> I mean, I knew that I was low, but it's like I don't. I just genuinely don't know why. Like, I really don't know why I did that. It wasn't anything crazy. I hadn't been, I wasn't pushing the limits or anything. Well, like we were talking, I haven't had a dumb thumb in a long freaking time. Well, there was one of those two where it just like startled you. Yeah, I did. Like I you're was just like, like oh, oh my god! Like you kind of just like flinch, and you're like, what the? Like, wait, <laughs> did I just do that? Did yeah, I just like, crash? Like it's so surreal but for I a minute. I snapped out of it super fast because as soon as it hit, I heard. I mean, there there was no throttle hold here, people. No, oh I yeah, mean, this, yeah, nothing. <laughs> as soon as it hurt, it hit. I just heard. Wing! I was like, oh, so I run out there, and you can see it on the hat cam. It's like dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> Flipped it over. Luckily. Uh, it smoked the clutch really quick. Like I didn't even strip a main gear, which was awesome. Uh, just flipped it over, pulled the fuel line off, and uh, all was well. Yeah, and then turned. Out, <laughs> my wife was like, "What happened?" Well, and what did I say? What was the what was the quote? I watched it, but I don't. My I don't remember the like quote. That. Oh yeah, she goes, "What happened?" I turned around. I've got it right there on video. I was like, "Oh." That was all me. I just ran out of talent. That's right. That's what it was. Yep. So we just freaking destroyed, like Poochie style, destroyed the tail. <laughs> yeah. I bent the side of the tail case, the, the metal side. Dude, it's not Poochie style unless there's shit missing. Yeah, it was like we had to look for the tail. It. It it was bad. Uh, everything up front took it fairly well. I have a very 
small turbulator in my pipe now. Not bad, though. (laughs) Just real small, like less half a dime size. So no big deal. Those are the ones that kind of piss me off the most. So like the pipe and the those parts that you just don't really think of, you know, they're it's just it comes with the nitro territory. I but. don't mind the dents in the pipe. I hate when it like you have when it bends it down. Yeah, when you got to replace it. Exactly. It's like and then you set it. You're like, well, it'll still probably fly. And then you set it on the bench, and it looks like a dog dragging its ass. Across it almost the touches oh, you mean, the bench. You mean like the my pipe? <laughs> yes. Yes. Where it, like your yes. kind of looks like a stubbed out <laughs> cigarette butt. Yes. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so it's I got one frame side though, which is kind of a bummer in the back. Didn't break a skid, but it hit that back left side in the skid, and uh, yeah, killed the frame side right there. But hey, you know what? The rest of it totally took it like a champ. I was really surprised. I'm not concerned about the motor at all uh, because I got to it so fast. It wasn't even wide open either. Um, we'll just we'll slap a clutch in it and. Put the boom stuff on and get it ready for Snohomish. Excellent. Sweet. Yeah, wasn't nice. wasn't quite planned. But, you know, I could as you could tell if you guys, it's on my YouTube channel. I I don't I wasn't pissed about it at all. I was laughing actually. Because finally, for once, it flew great. And it was my fault that I crashed. And all was well with the world when that happened. Well, and it doesn't mm-hmm. make a difference because you've got other helis to fly. Yeah, but it's like, I was, I, the only part that I was bummed about, it's like, shit, now I got to fix it, right? And I don't care about, like, the money so much. It was, I still have a blown up 500 on the bench. So now I have two fairly big repair jobs that I need to do. And, and this is, that's foreign territory to me. I haven't been that's- there in quite a while. Not to mention, like, you know, maybe other projects. Like, what are you going to stay in at Snohomish? Yeah, exactly. Sort of and the motor home. And we've been doing yeah. all this other stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, well. I think, uh, let's see, what else? Heli-wise, I want, oh, uh, yeah. Are you ready for this? This is big. This is, this is like, really, really big. Not going to be whacking myself in the leg anymore. Did you get a new starter? Oh, yeah. What'd you get? Why, Dan, I ordered a Sullivan. Did you really? Oh, my. Dude. I ordered a Dynatron with the wand uh, right in the main shift. Yeah. Did you get the, which one did you get? Yeah, you did. I got the actual Sullivan brand one. The 24 volt? Yeah. Oh, oh the, I'm sorry. The the one that you guys were giving me shit about at Othello because I spent that much money on it. Yep. You that sons one. of bitches. Wow, you <laughs> did take it right in the main shaft. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> that was literal. Yeah. That's like it a will be ninety dollar starter, man. Tools ever, dude. It's like it is. It's a ninety some odd or a hundred. I don't know. I tried ninety not bucks looking. for the wand. It is ninety. Freaking dollars! So wait a minute! Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! The, the wand, wand is ninety dollars. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And the starter is a hundred dollars. Yeah, yes. dude. <laughs> but here's stuff. the deal. Okay. Should've, hey, you should have got an alliance starter, man. Here's no. It wouldn't have worked. Here's the deal. the The I, goblin I, does not have a one way bearing on the starter shaft. The starter shaft the the female coupling is directly bolted to the crankshaft 
So what happens with my with my wobble start is that you start it, right? Wham, it fires up. You, then it starts to go faster than the starter. Gotta have a clean yes, dismount. <laughs> it starts to go faster than the starter. And you can't let it, you know, before you have to start it, let the wand slow down and then just pull the wand out. Not a big mm. deal. I did that for years without whacking myself in the lake. This one, you can't do that. And it's like I kept every single time. Why did like, they do that? Yeah, that, that doesn't well, seem. Because it doesn't, I mean, if you think about it, how it many starters? It, you, yeah, you take the bearing out of there. It's one less shaft that you need. It's one less support assembly. Remember, there's nothing above the crankshaft on this as far as support. So there's no reason. There's no place for it. And it's fine if you have a starter with a rigid wand on it. It's fine until you bust yourself in the shit for the first time <laughs> and you're cursing SAB's name. Yeah, it was horrible. Like, and I never had a problem with that, with the cup, you know, but it's just, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. it really, no, it is fair. what it is. And I, I was just after this week with the, with the nitro crashing and finally getting the issues resolved, I felt like, okay, now I will invest. I don't know. Awesome, I've, had good, I've had good luck with my Alliance starter. Yeah. Well, you have the one. That's what you guys keep saying. The one. The it's, one. it's true, Dan. It's true. And you do. I think other guys have it, and it's been working for them. I think it's you guys. That's what I think it is. I, think I bought just... one, Dan. Did you really? I bought one like and? a year or two two years ago at a fun fly. And? Mm. Uh, and I think he gave it back to Ken at that same fun fly. I think you did. I did. Oh, that's right. I remember because that. Because the one-way bearing, the two, the double stack one-way bearing for the for the. For the one way on the top, mm-hmm. it start it it broke loose free and started to slide out the whole bearing. It's oh, like geez. screw this pile of shit. In yeah. hindsight, I pr- and I gave you the battery. I think. Oh, I don't remember because I bought a brand new battery for it and bought mm-hmm. the starter. I was like, yeah, I'm finally gonna do it, and it was like two starts. Like, oh, screw <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm guess I'm glad I got the one. Yeah, because. no, yours is good. I don't want to break that mojo for you. <laughs> you made the right choice, Nick. Thank you, Justin. I feel good about this, man. Like I'm ready. I'm gonna order up half a dozen glow plugs, bunch of parts, life <laughs> is well. Hmm. Nice. Sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, we are honored to introduce to you Sir Isaac McSwashballs Third. You have given your all upon thy sticks. You've fallen quite short. Well, you flew like shit. Now at thy feet lay a pile of rubbish. Get out thy tools. And don't be sluggish. What is this you say? Where are all my parts? To see her broken, it tears out my heart. For there is one man that will march through a blizzard. He'll get you your parts. 
the legend, the wizard. Catch that wizard while you can at www.lowerheli.com. Well, I'm going to go next because, uh, you know, I had a similar week as you, Nick, although I wasn't so happy by the end of it. Um, it, it didn't go quite as bad, but I still feel like I'm justified in being pissed off. So got out to the field, uh, you know, my, my mother-in-law is in town for the next two weeks, which kind of helps a little bit with getting out to the field. Uh, so got out to the field on Sunday again, you know, we're in, we're in speed mode here, urches two and a half weeks away, got to get the helis ready, got to get the practice going. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm heading out to the field. I got Nick on the phone. Like we usually do. We're just shooting the bull about helis and shit. And I said, all right, so here's my plan. I'm going to keep working on the TDR two tuned, and I am going to put a couple of flights on the R5 and then it's done. Not going to touch the R5 again until I go and compete at Urcha. So sure enough, I I get out there. uh, I decide to put a couple of flights in on the TDR2 first, finally get around to charging up the R5. And I've got the, you know, the OptiPower 2714S, the prototype packs actually that uh, Andrew Hinton Lever sent me. And uh, I go up there for my first flight and I'm doing my thing and, you know, no big deal. Like everything's going well, it's going fast, it's running really nice and solid. And then about halfway through my fifth run, and I usually get about six runs out of the R5, okay? Halfway through the fifth run, I, I notice it's like it's coming across the sky. It looks like it's going kind of slow. It sounds slow, too, but I'm not, you know, I'm kind of in the zone and it gets past me. And then I realize, wait a minute, it's not uh, it's not overloaded. It's nothing like that. It is LVCing. Okay, so for those who don't know, the way the cosmic LVCs is once you hit that cutoff, if you do the soft shutdown or soft cutoff, it basically ramps down from whatever throttle percentage you're at to like 50% in one or 2% increments per second. So you know the second you hit LVC, you've only got like 10 or 15 seconds before the thing's barely going to stay in the air. And so, okay, I realize this. I quick come in uh, for, for an auto, pop the landing gear open, and it's a little bit further out. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself in real time, am I going to be able to get it close enough in? No, I'm not. Let's put it down in the higher grass. Now, higher, what I mean by that is like it's like four or five inches. It's not cut down to like the one inch, the standard flying field height, or at least for my field. So go ahead and uh, get it down. And I slowed down the 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 blades pretty significantly just to make sure that if it did tip over in the high grass, there wasn't a lot of energy left in the head because you know, the R five is kind of wobbly. Uh, so I go ahead and sit it down and it's sitting, it's sitting there. Perfect. It's great. I think it's good. And then it starts tipping and I'm like, Oh no, it's tipping. It's tipping slow motion. 
falls over to the the left. The blades catch with what little energy they've got left. They're probably going like 100 RPM or something, not even that. Uh, and it does its little dance and bunny ears, and that's the end of it. So I'll go over to it. Uh, I'm I'm freaking out because I'm like, damn it. Did I just like damage the fuselage or blow up the head? No, actually, it came out completely unscathed with the exception of breaking one plastic link on each of the two swash to main grip linkages. Mm. That's it. Didn't even hit the fuselage. The tail blades are pristine. I rooted the rail 606s, you know, like kind of on the inside edge of the grip. But other than that, uh, it, it was no big deal. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Head back to the bench and I go and get the top off and it is smoking hot inside. And I try to get the battery out. The battery doesn't come out initially. And I realize why it has it has puffed inside of the fuselage. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, uh, it's really wedged in there. Finally, you get land it out. that thing and we'll talk about the first thing that puffs up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, so I, I get this pack out and as I'm pulling it out, I'm like, damn, that's hot, dude. What is going on? I put the the thermal gun on there. It peaked at 185 F. Oh, jeez. That's a new record for me. You really, do you want to light your models on fire? Well, dude, so I, like, okay. Uh, now, all this if, telemetry, if, all this everything. It's it's completely you, my bad. You're, 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 wait a second. Give it, give it a second. You can give me shit after you realize what happened because I haven't told you yet. Okay. So I, I, I'm, I don't know what the hell's going on at this point other than the fact that I just torched the shit out of the pack. And I'm like, hey, maybe it'll still be good for a practice pack. So I put, I put the cell checker on there and it's like cell one, 2.3, cell two, <laughs> 3.1, cell three, 3.3, cell four. Zero cell five zero. <laughs> so I had like three or four of the seven cells left on each pack, and that was it. Completely toast. So I I start you know okay it is what it is I'm pissed off but at the end of the day the heli's still in one piece and I've still got some twelve s packs that are that have life in them. Uh, so I put it aside and check the radio and i'm like what the hell man like now that i think about it i don't even remember an alarm on voltage or capacity or anything like that well it turns out that uh when i switched to 14s i set the voltage i had the voltage set previously for a 12 cell pack wow and I had uh. added two additional cells. So the LVC alarm was there. It's just that it never got that low while I was flying. It had LVC'd and shut the whole system off long before that, before the alarm actually went off. So dumbass on me. You know, it is what it is. Okay, so that that started my day. All right. 
it's kind of windy and doing its thing like usual. No big deal. I, I've gotten used to it. Although this year, as I've been talking to friends at the field, I feel like the wind has kind of gone into dick mode. Like it's never really ever been this way where it's constant. And then it gets worse as the day goes on to the point where you're just really aggravated. So it kept doing that shit. But I said, I got to get the flying in. No big deal. Got out on the TDR. Something was off. I don't know what the hell was going on there. But the first couple of flights, I just couldn't get it locked in. So I started tuning a little bit at, you know, added a little bit of head gain, adjusted some uh, attitude hold and the decay rate and all that. After a very successful session last weekend, removing the linearizer. And so I'm up there for like my fifth or so flight and I'm coming upwind and it's hauling ass, uh, but it's sort of doing a it's it's kind of like doing a porpoisey thing, like bouncing up and down. And I thought it was just my fingers. It may still be. Maybe I was just not on my game, but it ended up pitching up like hard pitch up. So I brought it back down and that was the end of it. I said, you know what? I have been here before. This day is not going well. We are just packing up and walking away because at least I will still have helis to practice and eventually (laughs) compete with. But I saw that shit coming. If I kept flying, it would have been the end of something. So that that was my day at the field, unfortunately. Uh, TDR two still. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. I mean, you and I talked about it over the weekend. It was like we both kind of had the same same shitty field day. Uh, TDR two is all in one piece. No big deal on the pitch up. Uh, I'm gonna go back and back out the tuning settings that I had done because I think uh, you know, reflecting on it in hindsight, I probably wasn't in the zone. I wasn't on my A game. And so I was probably being stupid with my thumbs to begin with, and it just didn't work out. Uh, I did learn something, though, in the flights that I did get going with the TDR2. And that is I finally put a J log on it and I finally put a GPS on it. Now, good news and bad news. The good news is I can look at my telemetry now and I know what I'm doing on the J log uh, and I'm actually seeing. So this is the one with the prototype uh, 50 millimeter speed motor from X Nova. And I am getting peaks of 14,000 watts, 14 to 15,000 watts. So it is Holy doing its job. Geez. That's almost yes. a gigawatt. Oh, yeah. Is that all? 1.21 gigawatts. So. Uh, really excited about that. And it stays cool. I mean, it comes down and the motor's only like 150, 160, even though it's in, you know, like behind the main shaft and, and mechanics. So it doesn't have a lot of airflow. Uh, so that was good news. Got some telemetry, finally getting a feel for how the thing's doing uh, electrically. Bad news is GPS doesn't work all that well under a full carbon canopy. Hmm. And so I got zero miles per hour the entire time. <laughs> it didn't catch anything. Wow. Nothing whatsoever. What's the and solution? I think the only solution, dude, is putting the GPS external 
but I don't know if you've looked at the heli lately. There aren't many places to put it externally. So this may be like sort of the mystery bird where you just don't know how fast it goes until you compete That's with it. stupid. I agree, man. Flying 10 grand flying and I don't know how fast it's going. I can't use my GPS sensor. Well, so I, I, I yeah, I mean, I could run it out on the tail. But now I've got wires on the tail and that looks stupid. And you still got to figure a way to get it outside of the canopy with the little rubber thing that goes over the back end. The thought had crossed my mind that for practice, I just buy a fiberglass canopy uh, and, and do it that way because it will see through the fiberglass canopy. That's no different than any of my other helis, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, it was a little frustrating. So, you know, the, and the only other thing then that I flew was my secret squirrel that I had gotten put back together. And, th- and this, so that, that's adding insult to injury. That's the one that flew the best. <laughs> it was freaking <laughs> on fire, dude. Oh, my God. Good. Not speeds. literally, though, right? So, yeah, not literally. yeah. Well, it, it was original. <laughs> you just was clarify original. that. Yeah. Yes. Th- yeah, thank that's... you. Thank you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there was some commentary from Steve and the guys. On the on the heli freak forums about that this week, but no, it wasn't literally on fire, just figuratively. Mm. Uh, so anyway, packed it up, went home. Uh, you know, basically at this point, I've got this weekend uh, to practice. Next weekend, as you guys know, is Snowhomish. Probably not going to get much practicing in there, although I'm going to try uh, because I will be there most of the entire time, but. Uh, it's certainly not as easy to do when it's a fun fly because, you know, you got to take up the whole field. Uh, so probably try to do that on the south flight line, but we'll we'll see. And then the next weekend is the weekend before Urcha. I'll probably get some last minute stuff in there, but I think I'm going to be doing some serious practice in Muncie. We get the speed cup set up on Wednesday morning and then it's practice Wednesday and Thursday, and then we're going to compete on Friday. So it only be a one day event this time. Uh, but we'll see. Um, so that was my that was my flying week. Now, you'd think uh, everything else went well, right? Except my Diablo fuselage showed up in the mail. <laughs> now, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> tell us about that. I were you happy uh, with it? I would like people to keep an open mind about this because I've already been called out a number of times and I get where you're coming from. This is first world problems. It did not come in the color that I requested. I'm trying to remain very calm about this right now. (laughs) Well, I don't understand why anyone would give you any shit about it. I mean, when you order something, you you should pay that freaking much for it. You should get what you order. Yeah, so it's like going to a restaurant, ordering a meal, and they bring you something completely different. Oh, don't worry about it. It's the first world. Or problem. like you said, Dan. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go to the Toyota dealership and order a red Camry, and they give me a green Corolla. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's not so like you walked not, in and it's said it's not quite that bad. It was actually the same helicopter, like the same brand and <laughs> the same model and all of that. But if you guys recall, you go back several episodes, and I, I mean, it's I placed the order months ago at this point. Um. I had ordered a black fuselage base with silver 
gray, and white. Now, the silver and the gray was uh, two of the three colors from the original uh, fuselage that I had. So that was kind of my tie-in from history, okay? Sentimental, you know, whatever. Call me a nerd. It is what it is. And then the black and the white was to tie into the new TDR2, which I chose carbon fiber and white. And I actually think it looks really sharp and it's easy for me to see in the air. So that was my thought process behind it. So, you know, talk to Chuck and Chuck Bird at uh, Peak Aircraft. Awesome guy uh, and got the order out there. He sent it to the to Germany. Uh, they got it all put together when he got it back in the U.S. He sent it to me and I open it and I'm like, wait a minute. It says number 40 on it. That's my model. It's black. There's some white on it, but there's no silver or gray. And instead, they've chosen to put orange. <sighs> Not what I asked for. Um, yeah. Plain and, I, plain and simple. I, I, RCHN orange. It, you know, now, so the, <laughs> of, of course, you know, Nick gets a picture of it and he's like, dude, what's wrong? That's awesome. And I'm like, that's not the color I asked for. And he's like, oh, I, I thought you just did that. Like it was an RCHN color thing. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay, hold on. Now that you mention it, you know, it's not, it's not horrible. But I, I mean, look here, bottom line, you already summed it up, Dan. It's the principle, the principle of the matter. I've talked to Chuck. He was very apologetic. Uh, we think we understand what happened. Um, I, I'm not going to go into it at this point. The, the details are what they are. Uh, Gerd and Chuck have offered to fix it. I told them that I'm thinking it through because I'm sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place on this one, right? I'm two and a half weeks away from Urcha. At this point, even if I have the one that I wanted, it's going to be a challenge to get the whole damn thing rebuilt, remaidened, and ready to compete at Urcha. So, you know, if I send it back to him now, then I'm not going to compete with the Diablo, which will piss me off. Um, so what I'm probably going to end up doing is trying to get it built as is and see how it fits and see if I warm up to it. And if I don't, then they've offered that after the competition, they will take it back and uh, redo it, get get the foil done correctly and then send it back to me. So we'll, we will see. Just in time for winter. Just in time for mm-hmm. winter. Uh, probably not before our fun fly, though. That's the other consideration, right? Mm. So they got to be willing to wait because I'm not just going to take off, take out one of my best speed helis in the middle of the season. Yeah, so That's that true. that was my kind of meh week. Um, I'm going to get flying in tomorrow. It's my day off, even though I'll be able to do have to do some work. And I will probably have to do some building on the Diablo this weekend. And yes, it's first world problems, but I didn't order a green cam or Corolla. I ordered a red Camry. <laughs> yeah, I you do I you shouldn't be feeling bad about that at all, dude. No, you I order agree. something, you got It's got to come how you ordered it. What's the point in ordering it otherwise? Yeah, well, and it's not like I like I've said before. You know, I did I didn't buy it from a line in Taiwan and the 13 year old kid threw a blue shapely frame stiffer in instead of a red one. <laughs> I'd, I'd get over that. It is what it is. I mean, you get what you pay for for 1399, but 
for the lead time and money, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, they gave me the wrong helicopter. <laughs> it uh, does kind of look like RCHM though. I never thought about that actually. I only glimpsed at the photo. And See then, now, oh. Nick, I you douched me because now that you brought that up, I'm gonna be like, oh dude, but it is RCHM colors. Yeah, so are Which you saying cool. we're not good enough for you? Well, yeah, I know. Man. Now I feel like even a, a bigger dick if I'm like, no, I don't want RCHN colors. Like it. It's ugly. Yeah, you are kind of a dick, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change my position on this whole topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were just trying to help you out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they knew better what you wanted. Yeah. You thought you knew, but no. <laughs> so is That's that wrapping week got, up? man. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go next man. because I don't have a very spectacular... I'm not sure how this has happened, but I have three goblins in my fleet. Buying the goblins, that was the hard part. Deciding what servos to run in them, well, that was easy. I would even go so far as to say a no-brainer. Makes no difference if you're a brushless or a coreless fan. BK servos can meet your needs. In my gasblins, I'm running BLS 8002 HVs and, in the new 570, coreless DS 7002 HVs. These servos provide exactly what I'm looking for, and you just can't beat the price and customer service. To find out more about these awesome servos, head on over to bkdesignsllc.com. So the weekend brought rain, and you know, we get rain, but it it rained for three solid days, and uh, the weekend was just... July? Dude, uncommon for here. It, yeah. it was raining kind of like how you guys are used to the rain over there. It was just, uh, I mean, we need it, and I guess it's welcome. Uh, the good news about having so much rain, because uh, it, it rained for, well, pretty much Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and most of Tuesday. Uh, that, hopefully, will help the smoke season. <laughs> Because that's oh, good upon us. Point. Has, has that's, that officially started? Typically doesn't start till August, hmm. uh, first, second week of August. We did have one big fire breakout uh, in the valley, but this, and it was bad. I mean, it started like, oh, great, here we go. Smoke season is upon us early. The rain started, totally snuffed that one out pretty quick. And uh, it's just green as shit around here now. It's very, it's, Typically now we're starting to dry out. We're not getting the rain. So anyway, no, no flying there. Uh, so Tuesday I had plans to go, but it was raining in the morning and I got going on some other stuff. I've, I'm what I've been doing aside from helicopter stuff, especially this week is I talked briefly about that itch, you know, to kind of get back to work. I think I talked about that on last week's show. I don't remember. So I've been kind of doing that. I've been kind of working on that. And um, strangely enough, this very week, I've had two different people approach me uh, to do start, I guess, small companies or, you know, work a project. Uh, one of them actually involves multi-rotors and the other one involves uh, oh machining. God. He's back. Are you serious? <laughs> no, nah, I had someone get in touch with me. Here locally, that uh, wants to 
doing AP stuff, AP stuff for re- realtors and whatnot. Because apparently he's been drumming up some business and talking to people about it. Oh, it's just a convoluted mess. I, I told him, I said, you know, I, I will. I, you know, if it's, if there's something that I can do to help, uh, and maybe do something with you on this, I'll do that. But I want you to know right off the bat, I'm really not interested in flying these machines and working on these machines, but I'll help you however I can, I guess, if, you know, write something up and let me know what you want to do and we'll go from there. And then another one was a friend of mine who's an engineer and another guy who's a machinist. (laughs) They want to start, they want to start a small machine shop and they want me to come along with them on that. So, and then on top of that, I've had two job interviews this week and, uh, Wednesday I took an epic motorcycle ride, uh, 620 miles through Glacier. Oh man. So not a lot of flying because of that. Tomorrow I'm hoping, looks like we might get a little rain tomorrow, but it's not supposed to be till towards, uh, the end of the day and, uh, tomorrow's 570 day. Gotta get a bunch of flights. <laughs> Gotta get a bunch more flights on that machine. Uh, I haven't. I could probably take the. Uh, as I said, I took the motor out the the uh, three hundred out of that broken machine, and I put it into the other one. and And I need to tune that flybarless system, um, and get that going. It's ready. I just haven't taken it to the field yet. I'm hoping tomorrow to get some of that done, some of that stuff done, because I got to get ready for Snohomish, right? Got to get that shit all. Yeah, you got to get it out before, because yeah. you don't have the same excuse that all the rest of us do. Work and this Well, and maybe, that. by the sounds of it, he might have multiple jobs here pretty quick. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, you know, going to find work is, takes up a fair amount of time, to be honest with you. I had a couple job interviews for back into the nursing, looking into the nursing stuff. That's kind of a tough one. Are you feeling like you want to get back to nursing though, Dan, or do you want to try something crazy again? Well, the type of nursing that I want to get back to, they'll never let me do again. So no. However, the type of nursing that I can do generally pays better, but it's, it's essentially that we call them clipboard nurses, right? They don't actually practice nursing. They do stuff like quality control. MDS coordinator, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, dealing with uh, government bureaucracies, uh, like Medicaid, cl- Medicare. Clinical research and stuff like that. Clinical stuff, yeah. It's like um, uh, sanitation techniques uh, and uh, audits, that kind of stuff. Yes. Or cross-contamination, mm. that kind of shit. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm not interested in doing that. I'm not, well, I, I would do it because it pays better. And, of course, guys got to work. I'm not real keen on that. So I'm actually kind of hoping that some a couple of these other little ideas kind of spark up and not so much the multi-rotor stuff. Not not really. <laughs> but hey, if if there's an opportunity to do something with it, I guess maybe I will. So no, it's it's this weekend and uh I've got three good days. Um I I have uh I'm going to be heading over to Nick's. I was hoping to head over there earlier but it's kind of looking like Tuesday, maybe even as late as Wednesday. Uh, I've got a couple appointments on Monday that I've got to get to. So that will be kind of a quick, I don't, I don't even know, Nick, if we're going to, well, we should, should have time to, to get the other, uh, to get the 300, uh, back and running. Right. So that's God, unfortunately, that's about it, man. I, I really haven't had much heli exposure this week at all. 
uh, hoping to get some in this weekend. So, Jesse. All right. I hope you can. Let me prep myself here. The you pressure guys, is You guys should prep yourself. Man, you got it. You, you got guys it. should prep yourselves, too, honestly. This is. <laughs> is it epic? Is it epic? No, it's not epic. There are very few tools in the hobby that really make you take a step back and admire their precision, quality, and simplicity. But when you do find such a tool, you cherish it. The Soko Heli tool fits this description perfectly. With its simple concept, adaptable design, and smartphone-based approach to setting up a heli with a level swash and the proper pitch ranges, there's not much more than you can ask for. All helis, all sizes, one tool. So before you build or set up your next model, head on over to www.soco-heli-tools.com and pick up a Soco Heli tool. Soco Heli Tools, bringing precision and simplicity to your toolbox. Similar to Dan, unfortunately, but it's been a get ready for like, holy crap, Snohomish is in 10 days or, you know, two weeks away or a week away, whatever. Um, and just scrambling, kind of getting stuff going here. So the majority of my week, for, well, first off, did not get any flying in, did not make it out of the field, was out of town all last weekend. So took Friday off from work and Friday morning, headed up and over the pass and had a uh, little bit of a, a camping weekend. So kind of a, a good, good getaway kind of disconnect from the, you know, all the house projects and what, uh, all that stuff going on. So had, had a lot of fun, went to Leavenworth. It was a, you know, awesome weather, got out of the rain that was predicted for this area. Um, and that was a lot of fun. So Monday when I got back, um, remember back to last week, I got this toolbox. So I've spent this kind of a couple nights this week going through, piecing together, completely cleaned up the garage going, okay, I got to get some stuff straightened up here. So Went through and got this toolbox pretty much all set up. Um, so pretty typical stuff. So all the tools fit up in the top. A couple gallons of nitro fit down in the bottom. Now the biggest struggle that I'm having, first off, I mentioned this last week, this thing's huge. So I kind of had to rearrange the garage in general because my, my typical workflow for the garage is I do have multiple sets of drivers, but most of the time when I'm working on helis or wrenching up on the bench, the tool, my field box is open on the kind of the bottom shelf that I bent, that I built into my heli bench. So my, that orange, that old orange field box that I had was open and I kind of, you know, grabbed stuff out of there and had bolts in there and all, all my pliers and whatnot. And so now I'm going, well, crap, this thing's huge. I got, but I'm going to put all my tools into it. I got to have access to it still. So rearranged a couple of things and made it, made it so that I could have this thing completely opened up, folded out and kind of get back to my normal workflow. So the biggest thing right now is I'm kind of undecided as to whether I should, I started throwing everything in there, you know, all my spare parts and extra Velcro and straps and hardware and whatnot. And it's kind of like, man, where do I stop? Because this thing's so huge. I could really almost pack all my tools, like a fun fly scenario in there, but it's like, I really don't need all those when I go to the field every single time. So Right now, I, I, I'm kind of just trying to decide what's going to make it in, what's going to make it out, and then scaling that up to, I think, like for next weekend, 
my goal is to only bring this thing to Snohomish and have this be like a standalone field box that you know everything fits in basically fold it out under the pop-up and use that so it's it's pretty it's ready to go and be making it out to the field this weekend and trying it out and I'm sure I'll forget little stuff here and there and whatnot but excited about getting that set up and ready to go in addition to that I did get a chance to pull the pipe on the n7 or on the n7 on the Turek motor the 96 srx and not much you know I, I wasn't too surprised but when i did take a look at that ring it was pretty shiny <laughs> not I, I wouldn't and i know you guys have all seen this but you pull the pipe off you you know you line it up so you can look back through and the ring is basically the same color as a piston it wasn't it, it definitely still had some black on it and it was darker than that but it did not look like that nice original black brand new ring and so this kind of got my wheels spinning a little bit now. The compression still is really good. When I flew the helicopter last, it flew great. Um, but man, Nick, with your kind of you know new discovery or whatnot with the needle settings, um, I don't know. It just kind of makes me think about these you know these new lines of motors. Did I possibly lean it out too much? Um, That's what I was doing. Just, and I, I, you know, I forgot to add. I went back to a four. So I flew it and then I went back to a four, richened it up just in case mm -hmm. and retuned it. Never was as good as it was with the five. It made more power with the five hmm. and it sounded cleaner and better with the five and it tuned easier with the five. Yeah. And I'm j I guess I would be curious now to go through and try each of those plugs because from, you know, we're talking with Richard at YS they're recommending anywhere from the three to the five. They, so that that doesn't that doesn't tell we you. We recommend much. you like, try all of them. It's like we recommend, <laughs> we, we recommend you have a glow plug in your motor when you try to run it. Is is basically what that is. So no, that that just gets me thinking. And so I can see, I, I definitely can see in the future a little bit of uh, experimenting. Because I, I know it runs, you know, it starts fine, runs fine. It sounds clean. Might be a little bit on the lean side every now and then um, when I'm tuning it, but it's still making really good power. I did not have, you know, I'm not having any issues in flight, but it just kind of you know, makes me wonder, could it be a little bit better? Could it, um, pretend, you know, could it tune a little bit easier with a, with a different plug? So potentially exploring that a little bit. So got that all bolted back up though. So ready to go. And then the last thing was I bought a couple things this week. So I got a new set of rail blades coming, 716s. So I'm going to throw those on the Protos and a set of 116 tail blades. So just going all around on the rails and then ordered the upgraded clutch kit for the N7. There you go. And so we'll be trying that out. And that's kind of why I wanted to throw another set of 716, that 710 uh, length blade in the mix, kind of into my fleet. So now I can easily, you know, I ended up finding in my parts bin a spare Compass 700. I must have at one point crashed and had one spare blade. And then with last week losing that um, boom support bolt and it hitting the blade and losing one. So now I can make a complete set of the Compass 700s. I still have the rail 696s. And now I'll throw the 716s in there. Um, 
but yeah, it should be good. I'm really looking forward to getting that all thrown together for Snohomish and then just trying different blade sizes on there. And I feel like this will be uh, the true test for that motor. Once you throw that blade size on there, get the upgraded clutch, know that mechanically I'm good to go, and then really, really see what the thing has. Because I know with the 91, you could put the hurt to it with 710 blades. That's all. That's why we always ran the 700s. And so I'm really curious to see what it does with these a uh, little bit larger blades. So other hmm. than that, yeah, not not a whole lot. I'm, I'm curious what day I'm, I'm, I'm kind of kicking this around as Snohomish is quickly approaching. What day are you guys planning to head down to the fun fly? Mm, Thursday night. Thursday night. Thursday. Morning. Thursday. Day. Day. Dan? Like fly on Thursday. I haven't decided yet. Um, I kind of have a feeling I'm going to wait for when Nick leaves, so I'll just follow him down. Okay. Justin, when you can fly out there on Thursday, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you I, can fly. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The okay. 3D flight school is Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. And I don't know with with how crazy work's been, and just next week is like finally I get my relief at work. Another guy's starting on Monday. I'm seriously considering going. You know what? I'm heading down Wednesday after work. Do it, dude. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um, I, you know, on the calendar I got Friday off, so we'll see if I could sneak Thursday in there too. But honestly, that's what I'm that's what I'm kicking around right now. It's like that would be so awesome to just get down there. I just can't imagine there's going to be that many people there flying on Thursday. And it'd probably just be one of those day or days where it's like, well, there's 20 flights, you know, so we shall see. Yeah, I will get down there probably Thursday evening to get some stuff set up. Mm-hmm. And then I won't I won't be back until probably Friday mid afternoon. It's, it's fine. Wednesday night's fine, though, right? Yeah. Or do I have to go Thursday morning? No, I think you can go Wednesday okay. night because by by Wednesday night, the class will be over. Oh, true, true, true. Okay, so we'll see. Tentatively, that I, I just think that would be such a great opportunity to just kind of have that extended. I mean, four day weekend to fly in. So we'll see. Hmm. About news? Do we got any news this week? Yes, we do, Dan. Oh, jeez. Oh my God. <laughs> Is that your new Nick announcer voice? Why, yes, I do believe it is. Okay, well, we should do some news. You guys all know me, and you definitely know what I look for when it comes to helicopters, and that is reliability. For several months now, in hundreds of flights, I've been flying the MSH Protos Max. I'm to the point where I have complete confidence when this heli's in the air. I know that the quality manufacturing and the amazing part support from MSH USA will keep this model at the top of my list. For those of you looking for a top-notch 700 or even an 800 class helicopter that screams quality and has an unbeatable price tag, look no further than MSHUSA.com.
This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com. Let's see, a uh, buddy of ours named Sage, in collaboration with someone else that he told me and I didn't write down, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just totally, I'm going to find it because I feel like that's, uh, uh, oh, Johnny31297 from Helifreak. So those two got together, worked together, and now... You seriously just made that shit up. No, I didn't. I swear to God. <laughs> no, it's, I it's swear sorry. to God. Yeah. Um, they made the Compass uh, EXO 500 uh, model for real flight. So if you're still flying real flight, head over to Knife Edge. We've got a link there where you can download that model. And they're working on a Kronos, too. Hmm. They got some sweet models over there. That's one thing I kind of miss about real flight is just being able. It seems like you could almost fly whatever you wanted. Justin, look at this. It's like a jetty wannabe. The Free Sky Horus. Yes, we've talked X about it before. 12S, <laughs> but there's more pictures. Look at all this. This is an update. Yes. But it's it's funny. It's a link to an up. Let's look at. Here we go. All CNC gimbals with six ball bearings. Ooh, all sensors. Extendable stick ends. Oh, GPS module built into yep. it. Why? I don't know. <laughs> because you can. So that when you throw your transmitter, you can find it. <laughs> Sounds like a good way for my wife to prove that I wasn't where I said I was. <laughs> you know, it looks really cool, though. I like all the red anodize on it. and Yeah, you can get definitely... two types of aluminum panels. You can get matte or texture. Yep. 16 channels. It's got audio speech, full telemetry, plus real-time uh, data logging. Antenna dissection, uh, detection receiver match. Let's see. They've got a. It does look very jetty-ish, though. It does. It does. External <laughs> module bay, which this is cool. I believe some of the guys were saying that you can just like pop on uh, like spectrum modules right on in the back. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's also got that mission control uh, power button cover switch, which is yes, cool. that's cool. Where it's like, oh, let me turn it on. Shit's about to get real. It's got an MP3 player, haptic feedback. Uh, that's kind of weird. Nickel metal hydride batteries with in inbuilt charging circuit. Uh, yeah. So I I don't know. I mean, it it looks like a pretty sweet deal. I like I like the screen on top. Do we have a price? I don't see a price yet. I'm not, I don't either. I bet you it'll be pretty damn reasonable. I bet it will too. Yeah, that's kind of their wheelhouse. Yeah, SD card slot in the back. We got USB. Wow. Hmm. Well, we'll have to keep our eyes open. See what else they got going on. Expert has released some new servos. These are called the uh, called the R2. Now the R1s were those beautiful servos that Expert made with the detachable wires and all that. 
Um, they were a little on the pricey side. So now they came out with the R2 and the R2T. So they're, they share the same internal brushless technology um, with the super strong gears and sophisticated firm one or firmware that the R1s have. Wow, I'm really tongue-tied today. <laughs> You notice Dude, that? Dude, I got a sophisticated firm, got one, the firm or one for your lady here. Oh. <laughs> oh, Open the door. He's going to walk through it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they retail for $144.99. That's a good price. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Specs look good. Speed looks good. They're a beautiful looking servo. Very nice looking. Um. So, yeah. I would say give him a shot. I had good luck with mine. Uh, Willie seems like a pretty cool dude. We have a new update out for the bump controller. This one's kind of a big one. Uh, not only is it an update for the actual bump controller, but there's the Android CCS app, a uh, new update for that. Whole list of features here. Uh, new features and bug fixes for both. So if you have a bump controller, I'm not even going to go down this list. It's huge. Just go update. Period. End of story. Lots of stuff as far as logging and history. Um, uh, you know, bug fixes. Uh, we had some people ask about the first and last cell IR being off. That bug fix is there uh, on the bump firmware. So yeah, go update it. And uh, thanks to Rev Electrics for keeping the updates coming. It's always nice to see people uh, continually working to support the products that they put out. And that, that's all I got, Dan. Well, hey, I got a question uh, for you in particular. When I was at your place and we were messing around with my bump controller, we noticed that the scrolling was a hell of a lot easier on mine. Was that a, was that it a, it was perfect on yours. Was it a hardware thing or did, did you, I don't know. Oh, so you haven't tried to update to see, are we running the same version or I, what? We are running the same version. I updated yours, updated mine. It must be a hardware thing. Must be, yeah. Because mm -hmm. so, Dan's freaking scrolls amazing. Yeah, that's so to kind of bring like people constant. up to speed. What we're talking about is uh, kind of the clunkiness of like when you're uh, starting at zero and you want to go all the way up to 5,000 milliamps, right? Mm -hmm. with, with Nick's, it's real touchy and... Mind you just touch, you just push it once, and it just goes right up to where you want it's it to go. It's constant. Yours just mm. kind of, yep. it's, you know, very consistent increase. Mine is like, and then it'll stop, and then, and then it'll do a bunch, then it'll stop. It's just, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Anybody else have any news? I'll take that as a no. Ginger crickets. <laughs> Nothing. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com for superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100% money back guarantee that's always on schedule and budget. Get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com. Not kidding. Check him out. Okay, so so here's the deal. I mean, you, you can go back in the episode logs, and we've talked before about, you know, how do you pack your your car for the fun fly? What kind of tools do you bring? That sort of a thing. 
what we thought would be uh, an interesting topic this time around, uh, and we can revisit some of those details if you want, but but the focus here is more, most people go to a couple of fun flies each season, you know, two, three, four, whatever. And it's one of those things, just like every other aspect of this hobby, where there's an evolution of uh, your habits and, you know, how you do things and, you know, what you learn and stuff like that. So how how do you plan for your fun flies for the season? Um, and and when you attend a fun fly, how do you take that experience and use that to inform how you're going to do something different uh, the next time? Right. So so that's the first thing we want to talk about. Uh, so we went to Othello this year. We all had some issues here and there, right? What, what lessons learned can we draw from that? What were our issues? And then how are we going to go and make sure that the next time around, we don't run into the same thing. And it could be for anything. I'm not talking just specifically like you had a problem flying a heli or you forgot a tool. But it could be travel, too, because let's face it, everyone, everyone's got to get there. Most people drive. Maybe you got your camper, your RV, whatever. So, so that's, that's kind of the thought process here. So let, let's start with Othello. Um, what what uh, did we learn at Othello that we want to take to Snohomish, which is next week? And you got to be prepared. Nick. Don't waste your time fiddle-fucking around with a model. Thank you. Mm, yes. That's a good one. That is a fantastic opener. Don't waste your fun fly screwing with a model. Don't do it. Like, don't even consider it. Grab. If you don't have any other, well, okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, if you do, dude. Dink on it in your spare time, you know, or maybe if the weather gets bad or if you can weasel your way into Nick's trailer or whatever, but just don't, don't spend good, nice weather in the middle of the day trying to fix something. Take what you have that flies and go out and fly. Yeah, I... I am right there with you because my Othello was the exact same way. I went and spent, I don't even know how much. I mean, I burnt like three gallons of nitro. Was just chasing my tail on the engine. Finally started to get some progress. The governor douched me, pulled the governor off at the end, drove it in. That was not fun. And when I look back at it, I'm like, you know what? This is bullshit. I could have just been, I could have just been doing my thing with other stuff. I didn't need to worry about getting things up and running. And and so I think like what comes out of that for me, Nick, and what I'm taking into the next couple of fun flies, in addition to don't waste your fun fly, for me at least, part of that is don't overcommit your fun fly time. And what I mean by that is you come into it and you're like, oh, you know what? Uh, This is going to be awesome. I got four days to fly. I am really going to try to tweak and tune the whatever, the Goblin 700. I really want to get that last 5%. You know, when you set those kinds of goals, 
now you're focused and you're in your own little world as opposed to being able to go out and just enjoy flying with your friends. I hear you, man. Yep, yep. Totally hear you. All right, I, I got one. So one thing for me at Othello, and looking back now is something I would definitely change, is, and it kind of piggybacks off Nick's a little bit, have all your models ready to fly for the fun fly. Because, and actually it kind of goes with yours too, Justin, just you're, you're tying up, before you even get to the fun fly, you're tying up your time working or wrenching or programming or rebuilding or whatever. Yeah, like you got a schedule. Yeah, you're already wasting your time doing something that you could do. I mean, who cares? It, It might suck staying up late and being tired for work or getting a, you know, being whatever, getting to the fun fly. It's like you could stay up late a couple nights a week before and get that stuff knocked out. Make that a priority getting those helicopters 100% ready to go so that when you get to the fun fly and let's say you do have an issue with one helicopter like you had mentioned Nick you have all your helicopters are ready to go you're not like well I would fly this one but it's not flying that great and the only other heli I have well I need to rebuild because I haven't touched it since I crashed last or I need to throw in you know this motor or those blades or reprogram this setting it's just like before you even get there you're wasting time so that would be one for me. Just make sure the models are ready to go before you get to the fun fly. Well, okay. So how how does that extend to? Uh, let's say you let's say you crash one at the fun fly, Jesse. Okay, mm-hmm. but you're the type of guy that carries parts with you. I mean, you did that with the compass, right? You always oh, yeah, have the, the typical crash parts. Yeah, because I knew there it? wasn't going to be a vendor there. The fun fly, or do you put it to the side and say, you know what, I'm yeah. not going to waste my time. So that one, for me personally, it really depends on the crash. Is it a quick, if, I guess, if it's a quick fix, I'll probably fix it in the middle of the day. You know, I'm hour or less from the time I pick it up from the ground, from the crash, to when I could have it flying again. I'll probably try to fix it right then and there, just because it's a good flying heli. At the time, I was sponsored by them. It's a, heli- it's a helicopter you want to be out there flying. It, it, it flew great. Now, if it was a more extensive crash where it's like, oh boy, I'm going to be tearing the head down, I got the spindle shaft, I'm changing the frames out, I blew up the, you know, the tail hub's bent, and you just don't want to dig into all the troubleshooting, by all means, just set that thing aside. But for me, that's what, that's when I come back in the evenings, when stuff's starting to wind down, maybe you get the light and you put that out under your pop-up, take it back into your RV, sneak into Nick's trailer, you know, whatever. (laughs) Well, see, and I think I agree, but I've tried that before. And, you know, uh, it's something that you want to consider is it's easy to say, yeah, you know what? I'll work on that. I'll work work on that at night. It's daytime. I can go fly my helis. It's no big deal. But for me Mm -hmm. personally, the fun fly doesn't end when the helis get put away. Right. And, And sometimes some of the most entertaining times and fun times happen at night. You get some drinks going around. People are just, you know, joking and having fun. And you want to be a part of that, too. So and there's always one of them. I mean, we see him at every fun fly. The guy that's over in his tent wrenching to try to get get the thing built back up instead of hanging out with everyone and having fun. So, you know, you got to think about it that way. Maybe he doesn't want to either. You know, maybe maybe that's because he's antisocial. Yeah, but that's okay. Maybe he wants to fly. 
Yeah, maybe he just wants to fly. Maybe <laughs> he doesn't want to listen bit. to, you know, a bunch of drunk hey. people hoot and holler and act like idiots. The other thing is it's a little bit different, I guess, if it was maybe on a Saturday when I crash versus a Friday. Saturday, I'm probably not working on a Saturday night. Last night of the fun fly, not going to be a whole lot of flying on Sunday, depending on the location and how you know how long of a drive we have. And if I got one heli to fly on Sunday, more than enough. So that's another thing that could play into it. I always wait till everyone goes to bed. <laughs> to work on stuff? Yep. I'm always usually one of the last people that go to bed, so that doesn't work for me. Yep, I do. I love to work on stuff in my trailer, but only by myself. I think... uh, And what about you, man? uh, What I find important to do going into a fun fly, the first fun fly of the season, is kind of set small. uh, What do you want to accomplish at this fun fly? Because sometimes it might not necessarily be a lot of flying. It It might be you need some very specific help with some components. And you're there to kind of seek that out. And going into the event um, with an idea of what it is, whether it's a flight count or it's a maneuver, because it might be your one time where you're finally around people that can help you with that stuff. Yeah, and get it early. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, for me, I, I have no problem helping people. I am not a morning flyer. I do all of my flying in the evening. I'll go until like maybe three o'clock and have three flights. But then at about five o'clock, it's back to back to back to back to back all the way till dark. That's just when I fly. But it's kind of frustrating when like and, and so pay attention. You know, if you see that someone gets up and flies in the morning and then they, you know, they chill in the middle of the day, then go ask them for help in the middle of the day. Yeah, you know, that's that's something I hadn't considered. I mean, we just got done talking about not overcommitting yourself. And yet, if you're in a different position where you're still new in the hobby and you want to learn and and you know people that are willing to help you, um, you know, for example, Dan, like you and Nick have been doing the the buddy boxing thing lately that. If you know you've got that opportunity at a fun fly, are you going to come with sort of a list of things that you want to work with your buddy on or get help from like Piro flips or TikToks that, you know what I mean? Like, yes, 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 yes. You know why? Because you won't waste time. And that's another thing. Don't waste. If you need help and if you have goals, set those goals. And go after them right when you get there. Because there's nothing. I see so many people do that. Well, yeah, you know, they'll stop by. Hey, yeah, you know, when you get a spare minute, I kind of I kind of want to, you know, have you maybe take a look at this. But I'm, I'm not in a hurry. And, you know, and they're trying to be polite. But then half the time, like, I'll forget. Right. Because I got a bunch of other stuff going on. And then, like, the next morning. They might say something. So just whenever it's like, dude, if you would come over and be like, okay, when should I come back? I need some help. I would say, okay, come back in 10 minutes. They come back in 10 minutes. We do that Saturday morning. They could enjoy flying that model all weekend long. Yeah, all weekend. Exactly. So if you have stuff that you want to get done, go after it. 
go get it. You know, get up early and get on it because you could, you're shortchanging yourself on the fun fly. Like if there's something that you feel worried about working on, you know, or or don't want to try, try it at the beginning, get past it, and then enjoy the rest of the fun fly. Yeah, that's a that's a super good point. Absolutely. I got another one. Sit down. It's my number one relax. Mm-hmm. That's my number one mistake I make every fun fly. I haven't learned. And it's horrible. I don't sit down. I just walk and I'm constantly this and over here looking with that. And this and that, and then out of nowhere, I'm just dead. I'm tired. You do my, tend to burn yourself out at fun my le- Yeah, really my legs quick. get tired, and I'm just... More often nowadays than in the previous years. Well, it's because I'm freaking old. <laughs> <laughs> and but no, that, you know, that's a really good time, point because... It's because I stay up till 3 o'clock working on my stuff because you won't go to bed. To let me to work yeah. on it. Oh, that's bullshit, dude. I won't. What do you mean I won't go to bed? I'm not keeping you up. We're not attached at the hip. Yeah. Everyone, like, I just want to work on my stuff. But like I said, I won't work on it until every, until everyone's out and I can sit in the trailer by myself. So I just wait and then I work on it. And then I end up staying till like three or four. And then, yeah, about three or four in the afternoon the next day, it's like, oh, I'm done. I'm dying. <laughs> Well, no, and and dude, that's a really good point, and that is something that I'm taking away from the recent Othello experience, and when we go to Snohomish next week, I will practice it, and that is, just like you said, you know, sit down, whatever you want to call it, but relax, because bottom line is, that's your three or four days off of work. Yes, you've chosen to spend it doing your hobby, but that doesn't mean that because you're at a fun fly, you should feel obligated to do anything other than what you want to do. And I know that sounds really stupid, but I get, I've get i gotten that way before at Fun Flies where it's like, oh shit, it's a fun fly. It's uninterrupted time. I got to go get 20 flights in today and 20 tomorrow. And I need to go and do this and do that. You know what? No, if I don't feel like it at that exact moment, I'm not going to fly. I'm going to sit down and wait until... Till uh, I, I feel like I'm ready to go because that also puts you in one of those situations. It's a higher pressure environment, whether people want to say so or not. Um, even if you're seasoned, flying around other people is different than flying completely alone. Right. Oh, yeah. And so yep. so you, you go up there, you forced yourself to go up there. No one knows that because it's all in your mind. But you said, come on, Justin, you got to go up, get another flight in here. Let's keep it moving. You're not on your A game. You're going through the motions. You do something stupid and then you drive it in. Don't fall victim to that shit. So Snohomish, I'm going to set up my tent and I am going to kick back. And I will fly when I feel like I want to fly and I won't if I don't want to. Oh, that's that's a really good point because it definitely there's a mental aspect to it. You can and I've ran into this before. It's like the weather's good, exactly like you said. You're kicking back. You realize this is, te- you know, technically my vacation. I'm off work, and I just 
you almost feel guilty for not flying at times, but you're exactly right. If you're not feeling it, just relax. You're, you're here to have fun and you're here to do what you want to do and get out of it what you want to get out of it. Yeah, it, it costs you less to wait until you're ready to fly and get fewer flights in <laughs> than it does pushing it and doing something yeah, stupid. Sure. You know, the, the other thing that uh, that I I seem to learn and take to, to different fun flies, and it depends on it, what it is, right? So like Othello, we didn't have Ken there. We didn't have a store. I think Ken's going to be at Snohomish. Um. Uh, you you got to come with a plan for purchasing. We just got done saying don't plan out your event, but do plan where you're going to spend your money so that you know what to look for. Otherwise, you'll be in and out of the vendor like 50,000 times. I mean, that's a typical thing. Nick and I sit there. We're like, oh, we're not flying right now. We're bored. Let's go and see what Ken's got. The problem is you make like 10 of those trips. You no longer have an excuse for let's see what Ken's got. You know what he's got. You're going to go down there anyway to see if on the seventh trip. There's something new. There's something new that catches your eye to spend money on. One of these trips, uh, I'm just going to be weak enough where I'm actually going to buy a bunch. He gets me. He gets you every time, right? Well, usually what happens for me is that like on Saturday, I'll go down there and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I might might go for that ah, you know what yeah i'll go for that and i'll i'll maybe spend 70 80 bucks right not that i was going to spend that didn't really need it not a big deal and then i'll drive one in on saturday and then i'll go down there and be like yeah now we need the real parts <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm feeling all guilty about spending the 80 bucks on shit that i really didn't need well, now I got to buy, you know, a hundred bucks on crash parts that I do need. Yeah, but don't you kind of feel like um, financial concerns are suspended at Fun Flies? Yes, they are. Because you're in the moment. I it's kind of like you're. My it's wife doesn't, like, but well, I do. It's, it's kind of like you're in Vegas, where like if someone walked up to you on the street tomorrow and said, "Nick, uh, throw fifty dollars down that uh, that drain over there," you'd look at him like he's got three eyes but at a fun fly 50 bucks isn't even a concern it's like you knew it was spent before you drove up oh yeah yeah i'm bad man i give him my card right when i get there so so that is a that's a a a planning thing if you know you know listeners out there if you're like us where you know you're gonna buy something bring cash or bring bring the funding because I've been at a couple of events where people are like, oh, man, yeah, I really want to get that. I don't have the money for it. Hey, can I borrow some money? <laughs> no one likes that guy. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't just, you know, own it. That's you. You're going to spend the money. Yeah, bring 200 if, bucks. If there's going to be a vendor there, maybe don't. Don't assume, you know, Ken has a lot of shit, especially if you fly the right, you know, the helis that he supports, but don't assume that it's going to be there. So don't wait either, you know, get it, get it before you go. Well, that's a good point too, Dan. Absolutely. Uh, uh, You know, you're still going to get the same good price on it if you get it from Ken, but he may not have it. Even, even something as simple as a blades for your heli. 
you know, that you would assume, oh, shit, he's going to have those. He might be sold out of those. That's happened to me with Ken before. Or, like me, wait until the last minute and then realize, oh, man, crap, I can't get this to my house in time. And then order it and see, talk to those guys and see if you can order it and they'll bring it with them. Yes. Ken's really good about that. Oh, yeah. Now you just got to gotta think ahead a little bit, kind of figure out what it is you want to get done. And, and, uh, and, you know, for some guys, maybe that is just hanging out. Maybe it's not even flying at all. Just soaking it all in, especially yeah. the new guys. I mean, we see a lot of guys like that, Dan, where they're like, yeah, I brought a model. Probably not going to fly it. I'm just here for the experience. And that's great. I mean, if, if it takes you a couple of events before you're ready to fly, that's fine. But, but again, I mean, don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself one way or another. Don't let it stop you from flying. Uh, you know, we've talked about that before, too. It's like, in, you know, we encourage everybody to fly. Everybody should fly. Uh, don't, you know, no one's judging your flying. You know, but there's that fine line between too much pressure because you're not used to flying around people at all, which is very nerve wracking if you've not done it. Uh, because you, you know, you're in a situation where you're flying by yourself all the time. You all of a sudden you're at a fun fly and there's, you know, 30, 40 people sometimes right behind you. That's okay. But don't, don't let it, don't let it become too much, but try just, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I was that way. I hated it. Yeah, I didn't I just got to the point where I, I don't even think about the fact that there's people behind me when I'm flying at this point. And I think that just takes takes a few fun flies to get that. Yeah, you get there. Yeah. Because yep. no one cares, right? <laughs> if you're hovering or not, it doesn't matter. No, really. You know, it's funny. I, I, w- I would be honest. I would say, but I have never, ever, not once been like, I wish this guy would just hurry up. This is stupid. Like, That's I've true. never even thought that in my mind. Well, the only t- the only type, there are two types of people that will draw attention of of the crowd, right? I mean, ever, uh, there's always inevitably somewhere, someone sitting on their sitting on their lawn chair and watching, and you happen to be the guy flying, so they're watching you. But the only two types of people that draw attention are the pros and the ones who you just can't wait to land because you are putting your life in their hands, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, they're the ones that uh, you just hope that uh, anytime they're going up to the flight line, somebody says something so you don't turn your back. To them. Scary as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to watch out for that. So, so do you guys use fun flies as sort of milestones or I, uh, you know, kind of like stops along the way on your progression for the season. Does that make sense? I, I do it every time. Rarely does it actually affect my overall progression, but I <laughs> In do other it. words, you set the no. goal, but you don't <laughs> actually make it. <laughs> Dude, I watch the best flyers fly and, and I'm, I, I try to take little bits and pieces of what they're doing at a very basic concept level. And I'm, I think I, you know, I, I think I could do that. And that's from like people that are flying at my level all the way up to the best flyers at the field. 
and sometimes it gives you a little uh, motivation um, or it inspires you to, to try something a little bit different. And I always leave a fun fly thinking that. The problem is, it's like, I wish I had it on video or what? Now, what the hell was that? You know what I mean? It's, Gotta take notes, man. Yeah. And see, I'm not going to, not about to take notes at a fun fly, but you know, it's like, ah, I love it. I love watching people fly to get ideas. Um, but, and it's exciting while I'm there and I might get home, uh, and, uh, sometimes try stuff, but it, I don't know if there's any like specific hardline goals that I would set, but I well, look, like where you say, by the time I get to Othello, I'm going to be able to do half Piro flips. No, no, I, that I do. But I'm, when I'm peace, when I'm piecemealing a flight that somebody else is doing and I'm trying to get ideas or, or, or look at what they're doing and try to figure out from what they're doing, what I might be capable of accomplishing. Those those kind of go- those I don't know if those are really goals, but they're definitely ideas for for me to work on. But this year, it's definitely there are hard hardline goals that I would like to have accomplished between fun flies. But just because I'm flying a hell of a lot more than I've been flying. Okay, and, so what what's your what was your goal between Othello? What do you, what are you gonna unveil to the world next week in Snohomish? <laughs> I would actually like to complete a full flip, pure flip. Uh, I I don't I mean I don't care if it's nasty loses 150 feet of elevation I don't I don't I don't care I just want to be able to 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 do that I I I've strung one or two of them together ugly but not at all confident I have to completely psych myself up for it and say okay here we go uh, you know and then I'll like sometimes even like kind of start jabbing at the maneuver and then like immediately bail out. Cause it's, uh, I, you know, I'm trying to think of the stick move. It's in my mind. And when you, when you're trying to think of what you need to be doing with the sticks, it's probably a little too late and you should bail out at that point. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. But yeah, I mean this year there is, you know, there's actually a few. Um, and I don't know that they're going to be, I don't really, I guess I don't, uh, I'm not going to be too hard on myself if they're not done, but there's definitely like uh, inverted circuits and the full pyro flip. And I'd kind of like to start working on backwards flying, that kind of stuff. And, and just trying those at fun flies. So you can have somebody there watching you and saying, yeah, that, you know, you're, you're on your way or, cause sometimes you don't even know like, man, am I even, is, does this, does this particular maneuver that I'm doing in my mind, thinking, thinking that I'm trying to get something, uh, a particular maneuver down, am I even, is it even right? Is my interpretation of what this maneuver does, is it even right? Can anyone yep. tell what I'm doing? Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's why I like the idea because, you know, it, it, we say it all the time. If you don't have, and it's like anything in life, if you don't have a, a target, then you're just going to kind of do your thing. And so what better target set to use then fun flies like we said you know couple maybe a few a, a year spaced out by a month or two each choose a couple of maneuvers each and say by the time i get to this fun fly i'm going to be able to do this and i know i'll be there with a bunch of my friends who can critique it and tell me what i'm doing wrong and how to improve it 
and another nice thing about a fun flight, like uh, for us, especially Othello and then on to Snohomish, is like that gap in between the two. When you're trying to progress into these maneuvers and you're doing it, you know, sometimes the progression is happening so slowly that you don't, you're not, you don't realize that maybe you are kind of starting to get it and you're just not real sure, but, but people can definitely notice because they hadn't seen you fly for a month and a half. And then they'll tell you. They're like, Dude, wow. Dan, wow, man. Exactly. And that, that I think is big for a person's confidence. Because oh, yeah. you're going out there and you're doing it day by day or, or, you know, every weekend and every time you get a chance to go out. Sometimes, even though you're kind of getting it, you just, it, it feels so slow that it's, you're just wondering, am I really, am I really improving? Or, you know, I mean, you, you, everybody, you know, you know when you improve, but, but sometimes those improvement, those jumps in improvement, are really evident to people that haven't seen you fly for a month and a half. Whereas you may not perceive that as well. That's a really good point, especially for the new guys that are trying to progress. Because if you're alone and you're not getting any feedback, good or bad, then it's really easy to either plateau or, or go down, like decrease in skill. And so, you know, having that once every couple of, you know, months or month or so, it's it's almost kind of like a checkup. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good reason. Kind of the whole point of that is a good reason to set like after the first fun fly of the season. It's kind of a check of where you are. And then it's kind of a way uh, it's a, a way for people to see that improvement in the, uh, in the next fun fly, you know, and to set that goal. And well, try, and you can get your friends it. into it too. You know, uh, all, you know, three, four people say, Hey, each fun fly, we're all going to show up and show each other different stuff. And you just work through it. I mean, here in the Pacific Northwest, actually, it's, it's somewhat similar. You know, Brett Bowen started last year just because he thought it would be a cool thing to do. And it ended up being really cool started the most improved pilot and it's sort of like a pacific northwest fun fly series competition there's nothing formal about it at all but basically brett says hey at the end of the season we're going to choose the community the the friends in the pacific northwest are going to choose the most improved pilot and so people pay attention and they watch and then at the end you know coming up to the last fun fly he starts talking to people and he, you know, they make a decision and that person gets recognized. And last year, the, the first one they ever did was Ryan Evans. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is really kind of cool. It's nothing crazy. It's not like a hardcore competition. No one's up there taking notes, but you know, you start flying with the same group of people on a regular basis. And if you go to fun flies with them once a month for four or five months, you start to get used to how they're flying and what they do. And it is, it is cool to be able to see that improvement. I I think taking a step away from the flying for a second, what it also is useful for. And this is, this is just the constant change in, in someone's hobby is evolving your setup, right? Whether it's your camping setup, your tools, yes, because it seems like every season, I over the winter, I get these crazy ideas about, okay, 
I'm going to do this tool set and this. And then you go and, you know, Othello is the season opener. It's the time to make sure that you've done your homework and check the boxes on everything and you're ready to go. And what happens every freaking time is I forget something or I bring too much. This year, my Othello experience was I brought way too much, way, 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 way too much. And maybe that was because I felt sort of like, well, hey, I rented an RV. I've got all the space. I would be stupid if I didn't fill it. And at least then I won't feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm missing something. I didn't bring something. That's um, my, my experience with that uh, in, at this event more than ever because of how much I brought. At least for me mentally, that's a bad thing. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. I would like starting with Snohomish and we'll try it again soon after with Urcha and then our fun fly is to run a little bit more lean. And the reason is because I get myself so worked up and stressed out about what am I bringing? Do I have all the stuff I need? And I have this huge list of things that I get ready, ready for the fun fly. And then it gets packed. I go, I use like 30% of it. Now I got to go and come home and unpack it and reorganize it again. It's a waste of time, right? It's more frustrating than anything. Uh, So it's, you know, use the fun fly to test out your setup and do evolve it. Don't ignore the lessons learned. Yeah, I think I'm going to take a wild stab here and I'm going to say, I think Nick has finally settled and is very comfortable with his setup. I think Jesse's pretty close to that, right, Jesse? Yeah, it's still, I mean, it's pretty much dialed now. The nice part, I would say the one thing that's kind of changed for me, um, even since Othello, is just as we've done more camping, just in general, in the motorhome, all the stuff's in there. Like, I kind of just said, for, forget it. I'm leaving clothes in there. We're leaving chairs in there. We're leaving fold-out tables in there. We're leaving, ba- you know, bathroom toiletries, all that stuff, staying in it, buying an extra set and staying in there. And so it's like... Literally, we could just, for a normal camping trip, we go grab the motorhome, we throw a couple things in specific to, you know, maybe we want to grab a game or whatever we're doing that weekend, and we're gone. And so it's kind of evolving that side of things. So for this fun fly, I really just got to worry about heli stuff. It's it's going to be easy. The, the camping part is there already. And so from that aspect, it's been evolving. I You know what? I don't think I have ever yet... Uh, strangely enough, with the various different setups that I've tried at Fun Flies over the years, have I found uh, what I would consider to be uh, uh, the ultimate is maybe not the right word, but the setup. I mean, even with the big trailer, eh, it wasn't quite working. The small trailer works. It all works, but there's it's just I've not hit that I'm completely 100% satisfied with with the setup as is, and I don't ever really think I want to change anything. Uh, that's kind of a <laughs> I've been I've tried so many different things, and you know it's all adequate and it all works, uh, but I've yet to find I think that perfect setup. Yeah, I feel like I'm not there either. And now that I've seen how well Jesse and Nick have done with the trailer. I feel like I'm doomed to never reach it. <laughs> like, oh, I, I'm being completely honest. Like, Othello, so Othello sucked 
as a fun fly for me for flying for the heli part of it, not for the friends or any of that. But but what was super successful was proving out that the whole RV rental thing and an RV in general made sense. And it really does. Like, I get it now. It is invaluable to have that sort of space that you can go back to and do your thing. And especially if you're bringing your family that you can call sort of the home away from home. But I'm not going to do that for every fun fly. And without that or something similar, it just feels incomplete. Yeah. And it it doesn't help when I roll up to each fun fly and Nick and Jesse have their freaking motorhomes like smacked together and they've got like this mini town village thing <laughs> going on in between with food and freaking tents and wives and grills and shit. It's like, it's really cool. Yeah, and I th- I don't know, and I think Justin, you're on the right track with. Uh, I mean, Nick Nick has pretty much every tool a guy could need to use, right? And uh, in that big trailer, and I'm I'm starting to think maybe maybe lighter's better, you know, maybe less shit to deal with, um, odds and ends stuff, uh, just just the the core stuff, and that when you think about it for a helicopter, that's not a lot of stuff. When it comes to just doing basic stuff, especially if you're not going to be doing any rebuilds, you know, yeah, just think about your week, you know, weekly trip to the field. I got, yeah, I got good. one more. Oh, go for it. Kind of di- different one, but it's something that I noticed. And Dan, you mentioned this, that, you know, when you're at fun flies, watching other people fly and picking out parts of the, your different moves and stuff that you feel like might be within your skill set. One thing that I didn't do at Othello was kind of, make my way up and down the flight line. You know, I, I did a couple times, but go hang out at a different part of the flight line and actually watch other people fly, watch other people's flight styles, watch the moves that they do, evaluate it, you know, see how it's different from my normal flying style and see if there's any of that stuff I can incorporate. So my goal for Snohomish is watch more people and people that I, you know, not the normal group that you know we usually hang out with, but watch more people fly watch more flights, get more ideas and uh you know see if that sparks progression, new moves, creativity um you know kind of the same thing like a few weeks ago when I mentioned the video thing. Right. Along, you know along the same lines just you know sit up there, pull the lawn chair out instead of hanging out in the back whatever looking at your, at your phone or in the motorhome, go get the lawn chair, park it in front of your pop-up and watch people fly. Have fun bottom line whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that I am not fond of changing things up. Something's working for me, I stick with it. Recently, I decided to try a new Revelectrix PowerLab 8. And as you'll hear the guys on the show say from time to time, you just don't know what you don't know. The PL8 is a powerhouse, and if that isn't enough for you... Well, why don't you check out the Dual Power Lab 8? Now, the coolness doesn't end there. You want to get even more sexy? Go get your bump on. Bump charging is the future. Don't believe me? Well, then you know nothing, John Listener. Find out more information at www.revelectrics.com.
All right, guys, I think we're going to wrap this one up. Before we do that, we should do some emails. Nick, if I needed to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You would send me an email to nick at rchelionation.com or catch me on Facebook at nicklenrchn. How about you, Justin? You would send me an email to justin at rchelionation.com or catch me on Facebook or the forums as Justin Pucci. Jesse? You would send me an email to jesse at rchelionation.com or catch me on the forums and Facebook. I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan K. Reed on the forums and Facebook and dan at rchelionation.com. Did that backwards that time. Uh, if you have a question about your citizen card or registration or shirts or anything like that, you can send those questions to com, and uh, be sure to check out our Facebook page. I think um, before we go, I think it's something we should mention. We lost uh, this week a friend in the hobby. A lot of guys know Matt Lund. Passed away this week, a uh, fairly young age. It's always sad to see uh, guys like that go. Yeah. Yeah. That that is a crappy loss. He was a really good guy, and uh, we're gonna miss you, Matt. And uh, yeah, we've all done. We've all had some. Well, I know just uh, Justin and I have had dealings with him, personal dealings. Oh yeah, yeah. Buying stuff. Him and I chatted all the time, chatting. So, alrighty, guys. Hey, uh, one more note. Uh, Pop into Heli Freak. A, thank you for all of the activity in our Heli Freak folder. It's awesome. Uh, we hope that it has worked out. I know it's been great for us, great for Heli Freak, and just great for the hobby. Please uh, go in there and contribute if you are a nitro, per- nitro person or not a nitro person, but considering it, please contribute to that poll. My goal is to get enough people to vote to get the attention of YS and OS. And if nothing else, I mean, we're not trying to shame them. We're not trying to say anything else, but it's just like, hey, here's the hobby speaking to you, um, you know, consider that. So please go in there and vote if you haven't. I actually read through that, fre- uh, that thread uh, earlier today, and I was uh, pretty impressed with the involvement that it was, was in that poll already, the comments made. I uh, saw a lot of people whining about why they don't want to play Nitro, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, and that's all well and good. I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm, yeah, I know. I'm just poking a little fun at my electric friends. Reliability. It seems to be a pretty uh, common denominator. 76 to 4. Jeez. Well, makes sense to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's see. I think that about wraps it up. This has been episode 240. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Have a good week. See you next Monday. You guys have a wonderful weekend now. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Will we see him next Monday? What are we doing? Have we decided? I don't know. Wait we're, and see. we're doing a show Surprise. at Snow Homish. Oh, are we, we? going to do a show? Okay. So, we won't see him Monday because I'll probably need an extra day to get it edited. So, Tuesday. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, take us out, Johnny Cash. Good evening, everyone. We're out of here. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by BK Designs, Soco Heli Tools, 
Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, Superiosity, and MSH USA. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.